Yesterday, we read from the book of Psalm chapter 34 and verse 8. Oh, taste and do what? See that the Lord is good and blessed is the man who does what? Who put his trust or who trusts in him. I want to uh, say and pass my greeting to our visitors as they are exiting. May God go before you and may we be, may you be, may God use you for the glory of his name. May his glory shine before you. May he bless your families more than he will bless us in this camp meeting. We want to ask that God will embarrass you generously with his blessings than he will do to us. And we are happy to interact with you. We bid you Godspeed in this mission of preparing men and women for the imminent return of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm happy to see Pastor Odiambo as he goes out. May God go before you, man of God. Once a comrade, always a comrade. I know they are happy to see you around. Bye-bye. Yeah, in Kisi, we know how to escort visitors until they go. Then I will start speaking. So visitors, we love you so much. And uh, <laughs> let us sing a song as our visitors are exiting. Then we come to the study. Number 15 in Swahili. Let me have choristers to help us in that song. As they come, I want to make, um, I want to humbly praise God for enabling us to sit here the whole week. I'm going to Kisi, and guess what? When my wife will look at me, just when as um, Moses was in the mount mountain for forty days, and when he came, do you know what happened? The people wanted to run away from him. I'm not saying my wife will run away, but I want to pray that she will see somebody who has been with the Lord. Can somebody say amen? And for that reason, we are seated here. I want us to sing number 15, then Swahili, then we shall pray. Today we don't have a pianist. Trimbe. <coughs>
Father in heaven, we come before you in humility of heart that if ever 
we've heard and known and even seen that which is your will. And this is the moment, Lord, we pray that in the stillness of your voice, you will speak to us again. Lord, we pray for the assurance and the conviction through your spirit that in this journey to the kingdom, we are not alone, but that you are leading and now may you guide us in this session till the end. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please check the microphone. It is too low. Check the microphone. <coughs> um, thank you so much. Uh, I want to don't make it too loud. Yeah. Just balance it. <laughs> okay. I want to thank God for this week. And, you know, we are coming to the end of uh, uh, this meeting. I've been speaking so many things, and uh, my worry has been if you've been getting uh, what we've been learning here. I will begin from this context. <coughs> um, I, I did mention something to do with uh, discipleship. And yesterday, I, I want you to be attentive. Uh, someone is not in the meeting. And I'm able to see from here. Uh, I want you to be attentive because this is the last. And like actually, if you miss this one, you've missed everything. I want you to be very, very much attentive. Uh, as we sang the song, uh, make sure that there is no other voice you're hearing in your mind other than the voice of the Spirit as we shall read his word. Amen? Yes. Now, yesterday, I did mention on the heartbeat of Christian living. And actually, uh, I, I may not uh, desire that our will or our wish or our motivation uh, for accomplishing, because as you understand, we are a church with a mission. I'm, I'm actually challenging myself and you this morning that let us take more time to let us spend more time with the owner of the work than the work itself. Because when you spend time with the owner of the work, it's going to make a difference in your life and the difference must be noticed in our ministry. And that is why uh, a very good friend of mine called uh, Michael. Michael defines who a disciple is. And I gave you that, uh, what is a disciple. I gave you that definition, and I want to uh, share it again because I will repeat this. Uh, and actually, you notice, I will, we will still read Mark chapter 3 and verse 14. Then we shall skip to the context of our study this morning. This gentleman dis uh, defines a disciple 
or how I see the divination, it actually touches me. There are so many definitions about who or what is a disciple, but when I read of Michael, the gentleman is called Michael uh, C. Kahn, and he says, a disciple is someone or is a learner who has a dependent relationship with Jesus and an interdependent relationship with other disciples and a redemptive relationship with the world. That's very, very, it's a very critical statement. When I look at it, I notice that if we do not understand it, then we shall miss the object of our being in this place. Who will say after me how that divination comes to us? Who is a disciple now? Someone, I could like to hear from you. Who has a dependent relationship with who? Hello, are you still around? Someone who depends relationally on who? Christ. And secondly, interdependent. I mean, we need each other. There is a book I read called Mind, Character, and Personality. Now, I think it's Patriarchs and Prophets, where the writer says, we are woven together. How many know how to do weaving? How many can make a sweater out of? How many are making mats? Here. I can promote your idea. Thank you so much. How many are making mats? Kevin, the last time I checked, you were in a class of making mats. Did you finish? <laughs> okay. So um, I'm asking, weaving. So the writer says, we are woven together in a great web of humanity. Interdependent. Let me teach you some biology, you know, even though you don't take biology. Uh, we had, uh, I don't know which chapter was that. I don't know if it's in Form 1, where there is something to do with uh, a symbiotic relationship between the legumes and... Ah, if they are not legumes, what are they? That's the word I'm looking for. None, are you sure? <laughs> Okay, God bless you, Kevin. So, symbiotic relationship infers that uh, they depend from each other. By the way, those two statements I'm explaining are very deep. Now, the writer says that we are woven together in a great web of humanity. In my class, you are allowed to Google so that you can get the exact statement. I may paraphrase. We are woven together in a great web of humanity. Whatever you do to others, <laughs> as a blessing, it will reflect upon yourself. Then he finishes the she finishes the statement by saying, the law of mutual dependency runs through all the classes in society. So, a disciple 
is someone who primarily depends or has his or her foundation in Jesus. And secondly, or secondarily, a disciple interdependent. We live, now that brings an aspect of fellowship. Because when you mention a disciple, you are subject to also talk about fellowship. Interdependent relationship. And because of this fellowship, we are united for a common goal, a common purpose. And now we choose by that common or by the conviction or through the conviction of that common purpose and goal, we thereby relate to the world in a redemptive manner. Can somebody say amen? That's a wonderful dimension. Actually, the word disciple is 3D. How many enjoyed doing that sum of three-dimensional geometry? You are told the area of a, 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 the height of that from A to B. You do not see it, but you can see it. <laughs> 3D now. The word disciple is 3D, three-dimensional. Ah, Allow me to bring you home. It goes this way. In youth ministry, we have uh, a philosophy of passing it on. Passing it on, or you pass it on. I went to Masai Mara, and I watched how the lioness was chasing after the uh, antelope. And you know, she had the cubs together, so she placed them strategically where they could, where they could see how the mother was pursuing uh, the prey. And guess what? When they grow up, they will do like what their mother was doing. And so I observed some lessons in nature, how the lioness became intentional, deliberate, and of course, skillful. And so in this business which God has called us, he wants us to be intentional. We need to be deliberate, and I'm going to share one or two experiences before I come to the end of my presentation. And of course, we need to get the skills, yeah, the equipment, the equip. We need to be equipped. So the word or the term disciple is three-dimensional. I'm bringing you home. The philosophy of passing it on now says we have upreach. We have inreach. Then we have outreach. How many are still uh, with me here? We have upreach. We have inreach. Then we have uh, outreach. So outreach comes last uh, in that uh, regard. And I want you to prioritize that which God prioritizes. Now, in the Great Commission, as it is traditionally known, the major work for the disciples in the book of Matthew chapter 28 was not to baptize. That was not the major business. Baptizing is inevitable when you've made a disciple. How many got my statement? 
Let me say it again. Baptism is inevitable. Whenever discipleship is carried out, baptism is inevitable. So when we learn to do things in God's way, the results will be seen. And that's why the book Education, page 138, when uh, uh, the writer says that to every man is given his work according as his capabilities could adopt him. The writer says, so long as the business or the work is done in accordance to God's will, he himself will be responsible for the results. We are going to see that in scripture in a short while. I want to say this for the last time. When you are a disciple, it is expected of you and God has a right of expecting you to be a three-dimensional. I'm borrowing that, but it's more than that. It's higher than that. Yeah, we need to relate with him at a personal level. We relate with each other. What I mentioned we call fellowship. And lastly, you know what? We relate to the world in a redemptive uh, way. Our relationship with the world is on a redemptive basis. And if those areas are not checked properly, we will fail, just as Israel failed in their time. They cut the connection with God, and they intermingled with those who worship their own gods. And that is why they were actually rejected. I, I hope our prophecy speaker will mention about it, that their probation was closed and the gospel was opened to the nations. So God expects uh, you to cooperate with him. But before that, God does not force us to do this work. When you read the book Steps to Christ, the chapter is consecration. The writer says that the government of God is not founded on blind submission. That is why God says in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18, Come now and let us do what? Reason together. And what is the basis or the foundation of reasoning? Calvary. Because he says, though your sins may be as red as scarlet, I have power to turn things around. Just come and let us reason together. And so we need, uh, brothers and sisters, to be equipped to understand, and actually, as the sons of Issachar, when you read First Chronicles 12.32, who knew the signs of the times. And at this time, or the times which we are in, requires a revival and reformation. Actually, the book Christian Service, page 41, the writer says, uh, the revival of true godliness amongst us is one of our greatest and most urgent of all our needs. And God has a right to expect a reformation within us because in the book of Isaiah, when you read chapter 5, the, the poem to the vineyard, yeah, he has done everything for us, and so he expects us to find out, to discover, yes, to know by experience so that we can unite and be laborers together with him in the gospel uh, or in the proclamation of the good news to the world which is perishing.
Allow me to bring you to scripture now. Let's go to the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 talks about a very important subject that I'm bringing to our attention this morning. Ephesians chapter 4. And we shall read uh, from... I'm interested from verse number... Okay, Paul, he gives a foundation and a background because in this church, there were people who professed to believe in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, but they were not organized. And the purpose of a camp meeting, one of the major intentions of a camp meeting is to set God's church in order. We need to learn so that the word of God will organize us, will find some important truths, so that after the camp meeting, we do not go back to uh, our former uh, or whatever we've been doing, but now we live. And I pray that you will take this divination seriously of what a disciple is. You depend on Jesus. We come together for fellowship. And lastly, we relate on a redemptive basis to the world. Paul introduces a very important subject to our attention this morning. When you read from verse uh, 10, when you read from verse 10, let me begin from verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us. Allow me to ask you, um, what, which tense is that statement? The statement I've read, it's in which tense? Paul says that grace was given. Which tense is that? Sorry? Past. So it means, as you're seated here, and it is true, by the way, because this was done in the life, the ministry, the crucifixion, the resurrection, and the ascension. And of course, the heavenly ministry of Christ in the heavenly sanctuary. And that grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So we've been given grace. What does this grace do? Can someone read Titus chapter 2 and verse 11? I want us to get some concept here. Someone to help us read Titus 2 and verse 11. Uh, and verse 11. And we shall come to Romans 12. Uh, Romans 12. And we shall read verse number 21. Someone to read, please. Uh, if uh, I said we were to read which book? Yes, Titus, yes. Chapter 2 and verse 11. Can someone help us to read? It says, Yes. For the grace of God mm -hmm. that bringeth salvation. Now, when we read the statement that each one of us was given grace, in other words, the writer means that salvation has appeared to all of us. Now, what is the role of this salvation? Please continue. Uh huh. Has appeared to all men. Yes. Teaching us. Teaching us. So we find in this grace a school 
That's why we are called the disciples. We are dependent on Christ. You notice the importance of the text I read to you from the book of Mark chapter 3 and verse 14. And he ordained the twelve that they might be. That aspect is very important so that grace is given to each one of us. To do what? For what reason? Why should we be taught? Uh-huh. Teaching us that. Yes. Denying ungodliness. Yes. And worldly lusts. Now, you notice that is our nature. So the only way we can overcome the sinful or the nature which we have is by yielding to the molding influence of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And in this grace, I'm going to explain a number of things so that you will understand. Remember, this grace is not given to those who deserve it. It is given to the undeserving. In other words, the writer is saying, those who don't qualify for school have now been brought to school so that they can be qualified and accomplish the mission which God started. So in this grace, even the weak are invited. Even those who feel and think that they can do nothing for the Lord. When by the mention of the grace of God, all of us are invited because this has appeared to all men, as the writer says, and none is excluded. I'm interested now because you've mentioned the relationship between the grace of God and our nature. Yeah, we need to be taught. And you notice, I told you, and uh, I think it was on Wednesday, the essence of being with Christ is to impart to us the knowledge of God. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, the knowledge of God surpasses all knowledge. You have a shoe and firm foundation. And out of that knowledge, you're going to be fruitful. And you know when Jesus said, that abide in me only, then can you be fruitful? In other words, he says, the knowledge I give to you, he even preached it to the disciples and told them, it is eternal life. When you get it, and even he said, yesterday we did mention this in the book of Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, whoever gets this information, whoever gets the revelation of God, of course through Calvary, I will liken him to a wise man. So Jesus is looking for wise people. Not in terms of class or IQ, but in terms of receiving the knowledge that which is of God. And this knowledge transforms us when we behold the love of Christ at Calvary. He transforms us. He molds us. And now, to you and to me is given a gift to further this mission which he has given unto us. For what reason do you think he has to teach us? Let's read Romans 14 and verse 21. Romans chapter 14 and verse 21. So that you do not overcome sin by your own feelings. By the way, sin cannot be overcome by feelings. <laughs> yeah, the strength is of the Lord. In the Old Testament, Jehoshaphat was told, yeah, just position yourself for the battle is not yours, but it belongs to who? Lord's. And so the only strength by which we can overcome and be victorious in this Christian life, it's the strength which God gives. By ourselves, we can do nothing. Actually, those who've tried before, those who've tried before, an example is given in Scripture. 
those who've tried that way before. An example is given to us for our learning in Scripture. Their probation was closed because they considered themselves wiser than God himself, who has ordained for them an education that will fit them for responsibilities here on earth and the life which is to come. Let's read Romans 14 and verse 21. Yes. It is good uh. neither to eat flesh. No. Did no. I say Romans 2 or 14? Sorry. Romans 12. Ah, a sleep over time. <laughs> Forgive the preacher now. I don't know why I'm mentioning 14. Maybe God wanted me to read Revelation 14. Now, you know that one. We won't read it. Let's just read uh, Romans 12 and verse 21. What does the Bible say? Be not overcome of evil. Yeah, the Bible says that. The only way we can overcome evil is by doing what? But overcome evil with good. Yeah, you notice the grace of God is there now teaching us. And the end result of it is that we shall be victorious. No wonder Paul wrote in Romans, the gospel according to Romans. When you read chapter 8 and verse 31, he observed. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be? against us. Imagine, and I, I notice that there is far more to fear from within than from without. It is only yourself who can be against yourself. Only when you have closed your, you have not given God a chance uh, to uh, minister to you and to teach you, of course, and to train you. Now, I was explaining the meaning of the grace which was given, so we learn yeah, the knowledge of God, and that knowledge is a shield against temptation, and he will. And you notice the calling which you have received. I want to tell you categorically, brothers and sisters, that it's a daily walk. Yeah, you will not use today's experience for tomorrow. We will not use yesterday's experience for today. This is a new day. We need to receive a fresh portion of the grace of God so that we can deny some ungodliness, so that we can overcome evil with good, only by the strength or with the strength which God gives. By yourself, you can do nothing. And so to teach us or to help us in this, I want us to go to our scriptural focus, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8 now. So the grace of God is given to each one of you according to the measure of Christ's gift. When you read the parable of the talents, it is actually an application of this statement. But I won't go there. You read it for yourself. Verse number 8. What does the word of God say? Ephesians 4.8. Yes. It says, wherefore mm -hmm. he saith, mm. when he ascended up on high, mm -hmm. he led captivity captive yes. and gave gifts unto men. Yeah, he gave gifts to men. There is a, a teaching we have. It's actually in line. Because unless you find out this or you, you understand this, you will just be a nominal Christian. And I think that is why many people just come, listen to sermons and go. Let me use this illustration so that you can understand me. In this country, when you compare between consumers and producers, where do we have the weight? Who are more than the others? Now, are you a consumer or a producer? 
in the kingdom of God? Are you just coming, listening to someone and walking away? God wants those who are now consuming by the grace which was given to us by Christ according to the measure of his gift, we become producers in his kingdom. Can somebody say amen? amen? And you notice, that is the crisis we have even with the economy. We have many consumers and few producers. And when you finish and graduate from here, you're going to look for that or one, two, three. Next time when we may be talking about careers, I will tell you something which I won't mention now. For which reason now? Why did he give the gift to us? Verse 11. And gave some apostles, mm -hmm. and some prophets, yes. and some evangelists, yes. and some pastors uh -huh. and teachers. Now, let me pray before I tell you this. Our Father in heaven, we want to thank you still for sustaining us in this study. We pray that you will quicken our understanding that this truth will ground and make us firm in Jesus, even as we discover and find out the measure of Christ's gift to each one of us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when he says that he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, the gift is not the gospel. How many got my statement? <laughs> the gift is not the gospel. So what is the work of the gift? That is the question I'm asking. Because do you know why we have so many false Christians and false prophets in the world today? They have made gifts the gospel. You know them. I cannot mention them from here. You know them. They have made gifts the gospel. And be careful. I'm now counseling you. Be careful. We have so many gifts and ministries in the church. That is not the gospel. Let us not confuse the two. I'm going to read a text for you of what the gospel is so that we stop brushing over by words. We need to have tangible evidence of what this is. I have seen university students, especially Adventists, who have taken gifts to be the gospel, and they are very extreme. One was telling me some other place elsewhere that, you know, because of this, okay, let me not mention it, but let us not confuse the two, the gift and the gospel. The moment you confuse that, and that is the reason I stood here so that you can understand this. No matter how exciting the gift is, don't confuse that for the gospel. And if, you, if, if, if actually it is true that each and every ministry has to draw its influence from the cross of Jesus, then I will tell you, even going to the Calvary where Jesus was crucified, there was no comedy to Calvary. It was not a comical experience. It was painful. That itself is powerful to transform you 
and to grant you a new start. The gift is not the gospel. I think that one is clear. And so, he gave others to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And I find my gift here, but my gift is not the gospel. Don't confuse that. I don't know if I should say this in mother tongue. The gift is not the gospel. And verse 12, I will read now. Now let our sister read. Maybe they will say that is his Bible. You know, people can't lack anything to say in this world. People can't lack anything to say. Let us read the Bible, which our sister was reading to us before. Can you read verse 12? For the perfecting of the saints. Number one, my version say, for the equipping of the saints. So once you have been made a saint, you need to be equipped. <laughs> ah. I don't know if I'm telling this to myself. Once you've been made a saint in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, secondarily, okay, let me call it primarily, you are equipped to equip the saints uh -huh, for which business? For the work of the ministry. So you notice, unless you've been equipped, you cannot minister. Allow me to ask you, in a football team, does number five compete with number 11 or nine? Please talk to me. Do they compete? What do they do in a team? What do, what do they do in a, in a team? They work together. They complement each other. But you notice, especially in university churches, I'm very careful to mention this. There is a temptation to have a competition of ministries. Now you confuse a gift for the gospel. Go read the Bible for yourself and do what the Bible says. Not to be read for. Otherwise, we are reading together. I believe after this you are going to read the Bible and that is the intention of the camp meeting to develop a devotion to a study of God's word. To equip the saints for ministry. And number three, so those are two reasons. Number three, finish that text. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Yeah, my version says, for the building up the body of Christ. So all of us are in the body of Christ. And in a body, all parts are functional. There is no part which is dormant. There is no part which is extinct. All of us, and that's why I told you yesterday, each one of us, because of the mansions which were left in heaven by Lucifer and his associates, Christ spoke in John 14 that he's going to prepare a place for you. I want to uh, faithfully declare to you that there is a place for you in the kingdom of God. Amen? And that place begins now. I read a statement to you from the book of Christ Object Lessons. I want to read it again. Not more surely is the place or mansion prepared for you in heaven 
than the place which God has appointed you to serve and minister here on earth. And I gave a relationship, mathematically, that the relationship between your place of minister here on earth is directly proportional to the mansion which God has prepared for you. So if you say that you're going to get to that mansion, let that be seen here. That writer was right when he said, or she said, that our families, our homes, this Egerton Adventist Tuesday should be a little heaven here on earth. So for you to be a candidate there, of course, we are members of God's family. We now have to make that a reality here on earth by choosing to uh, live according to God's will. So the gift is not the gospel. The gift business, number one, is to equip the saints. So even when we study the medical missionary, we are going to see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It is one of the gifts which Paul talks of again. That is to edify. It is to equip. But itself, it's not the gospel. The right arm of the gospel, as the pen of inspiration says. When we study music, music is not the gospel. Music, it tells of the gospel. The edification. But let me tell you, brothers and sisters, do you know that we have measured on the gifts and we have forgotten the gospel? That is why Paul says in verse uh, 14, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine. You notice there are some doctrines which are being taught or some people propagate some false doctrines. For you to get out of such a deception, find out this gift according to Christ's measure for you. Uh, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. So even Paul know in the last days, people will come with very deceitful schemes. People will come with very deceptive schemes to lead away the flock of God. For us to be firm, you know what I'm trying to tell you is very, in simple terms is let us build on the rock. The only way you can do that is to find out that measure of the gift which Christ through his grace is given to you and is given. I, I love our church so much because we have uh, leaflets here and I know Elder is going to uh, maybe help you go through it so that you can work on an inventory. Because of this, there are so many questions now. How can we as the Adventist church discover that which is your gift? The test is very simple. I saw Kev having that paper. I don't know. They have it already. Uh, good. Now, if you have that, uh, I, we will not go through it. I will just tell you how it's done, and then you can get the questionnaire here and use it. Yeah, the questions written here, all the statements, are directly related, or they are derived from the gifts which we have in Ephesians chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12. I asked a question which you never answered. In, even in a football team in the secular world, they know how to coordinate and win. Why are we losing? We seem to be losing as a church because there's no coordination. Yeah, there's no coordination. Unamuka tu unasikia leo wacha niimbe. Kesho unakaa. 
No, that is not. God is organized. Order, there is order in heaven. And we don't do like that. In God's business, there is order. That is why we say equipping of the saints so that we don't be children. Maximize on that. That is directly proportional to the mansion Christ has prepared for you. Am I talking to someone, brothers and sisters? So don't confuse. Don't confuse the gifts for the gospel. Those are there to proclaim the gospel to the world. They, they actually, they are used as entry wages to the communities so that we can preach Christ. As our brothers did here yesterday, through that wonderful ministry of AMR. So the reason as to why you need to find out what your spiritual gift is, uh, it is that you do not, you no longer be a child. A child, you're tossed by doctrines. You, yeah, we need to understand this. I, I, I did that questionnaire very many times, and every time I honestly could could even do it, while my eyes are closed, the highest was still. Uh, a pastor. So later on, having joined uh, uh, the seminary, I came. I I carried that piece of paper, and I noticed it was actually true that that was my spiritual gift. And the only way I can overcome sin as a sinner is by using this gift. We read Romans twelve twenty one. We overcome evil by good. Yeah, use your gift by coming here. I'm learning a lot. I'm being transformed by using that gift. God wants to use it to transform you. In, sh in saving others or in sharing the gospel, yeah, you know, the same gospel saves us together with those whom we are sharing it with. That is God's intention. Yeah, it, it's a very deep concept in the Bible. I don't know if you've heard of this before, but that is what is expected of us, that we need to be organized, our church, need to be set and brought to order. So that when God is asking, whom am I going to send, then we can know exactly what we mean or how we mean to say that here we are, O oh Lord, send us. Once again, don't confuse the gift for the gospel. For the gifts are there to uh, equip you to build you for the work of the ministry. Yes, of course, they are related. Without it, the gospel may not reach to the world. Yeah, so let us not confuse. Let your foundation be in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I've been mentioning this. I want us to read 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 to 4, so that we can understand what the gospel is. Hey, can someone read? Yes, 1 Corinthians 1. 15 verse 1 to 4. Moreover, mm -hmm. brethren, yes. I declare unto you the gospel mm -hmm. which I preached unto you. You hear what Paul says. I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you. Uh huh. Which also ye have received. Yes. And wherein ye stand. Uh huh. Amen. Proceed. By which also mm -hmm. ye are saved. Yes. If ye keep in memory yes. 
what I preached unto you, mm-hmm. unless ye have believed in vain. Verse 3. For I delivered unto you first of all. First of all, the gospel. Yes. Uh-huh. That which I also received. Yes. That, number one. How that Christ died for our sins. Yes. According to the scriptures. Verse 4. And that he was buried. Uh-huh. And that he rose again the third day. Yes. According to the scriptures. Thank you so much. That is the gospel. <laughs> that is the gospel. Now, for you to preach that, you need to be equipped. You need to be equipped for that ministry. That is why Paul spoke of the spiritual gifts. And um, in the interest of time, uh, the forms which you have, so that we can now do it practically. Can I see those who have been who have received the forms? If you have it, please, can I see by a show of a hand? Now, let's get to that form. This guide in discovering your spiritual gifts should not be viewed as an examination. That is not an exam. The only right answers here are honest answers. The answers you provide will help you find your areas of strength within the realm of Christian service. The questionnaire I have here, it has a scale of 1 to 5. Do you see that in your worksheet? Hello, do you see that in your worksheet? Okay. The scale I have ranges from 1 to 5. Um, 1 and 2, uh, we have uh, adopted this phraseology because some of the things we, you may read here, you've not heard it. So the phraseology adopted to by this document, it's more false. So we have two sites, more false. Uh, in values 1 and 2, and value number 3, it's divided between true and false, and value number 4 and 5, it is more true. So for instance, in that worksheet, you fill it downwards. Yeah, downwards. You move downwards. I don't know the right term I can use there. Yeah, you, you move from, when you fill number 1, automatically you're moving to number 2. Don't move to the other one, which should be number uh, I don't know, 18 or, yeah, the other row has around number 19 or 18. So that uh, worksheet has is numbered up to 90. For instance, uh, this statement has been satisfactorily experienced in my life or I believe I have the ability for this. This is the guiding premise on how you should fill that uh, worksheet. The premise is that you have experienced this in your life or you believe you have the ability for this. And by the way, it is true that you, you have been serving and you have not been knowing the kind of gift which you have. At the end of that worksheet, there is a list of gifts. We have administration, we have exhortation, we have teacher, we have pastor, we have missionary, we have evangelist. You notice what is in the Bible is actually, so this is a, a basic guide to navigate through uh, this questionnaire so that at the end of it, if your, for instance, your gift will be healing, then you can lie us with Dr. Ayodo there and you can do your things as you preach the gospel to the world. If your gift is a pastor, 
then you can also see Fondo or see me, and we can uh, uh, talk. If your gift is a teacher, by the way, can I see those who are pursuing education, which, 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 any, any, any course of education? Now, you see, the best attachment you can do it here in church. Don't wait for teaching practice. Yeah, just buy a lesson and start teaching here. Because it is not true that you can teach uh, the parts of a parasite and you cannot teach a lesson in church. Uh, it is not true. Uh, you're going to teach the, name the following parts of a parasite. We have endometria and whatever, I don't know, and whatever. Your endoplasmic reticulum. Uh, the, the, li the libosomes. If you can teach the libosomes, brother, preach and teach Jesus here. He will give you more wisdom on how your students can understand what the ribosome is. Can somebody say amen? Do you notice the intention of this uh, activity? Hata mimi nilifanya. Unajua wakati nilikuwa first year, tulikuwa na ndugu yangu pale keva. Sijui kama ulikuwa nga is at 39 year wakati. Wakati tulijaza hiyo. Sasa mina shanga. And you know during our time, elders used to wear very long coats. They used to wear very long trench coats in university. You know we used to and I am told they were copying the pioneers, how they used to dress. But anyway, it is okay. Um, so I was wondering, what are those elders doing? Let me tell you, later on, I never knew I was roasting myself by, <laughs> by failing to take this activity in the, in the beginning. So my brothers and sisters who are teachers, the best attachment you can begin is here. Uh, and God is your supervisor. You are not getting me. Let me just go on. Let me read a statement now. Have you understood on how you can go about it? So the statement I read, you gauge it between one, two, three, four, five. You understand that gauge. I've told you one, two more false, four, five more true, and three it's neutral. For example, number one, easily delegating important responsibility to others. I went to a church and I found that the one who was in charge of Sabbath school was the chorister. He was the one teaching lesson. He welcomed visitors, and you know others were just seated. So, church, this is not a theater all. You come here where we have few participants and the rest are just seated to be fed. All of us have our part. That is what I'm trying to say in simple terms. In the body of Christ, you and I have a part and it has to be activated. As Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, and ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come. Yeah, in Greek, as you're seated there, there is some power. We call it in physics, latent. I shared it yesterday. Hidden. Uh, it's called the dynamis, the dynamo. When Christ is revealed to you and you're convicted by his spirit, you start behaving differently. You break into rapture. I mean, your response to the revelation of the gospel, it has no limit. Yeah, and that is actually what it means. You can read the early church and see what Peter did together with other apostles. And they were not learned. They didn't go to any university. They were in the school 
of Christ and their presentation of the gospel was marked differently than the teachers of the law. And they could even marvel. These guys, they're just fishermen, but they can do this. Some of you here are looking at themselves. There's nothing we can do. Sisi tunakuja tu, tunaparticipate kwa congregation or singing. Sisi tunakuja tu, tunakaa tu, tunasikiliza maubiri, tunaenda apana. That is not a church. Hapo sasa sijua hata vile nitaita. Ineke kusita ikoli teke vute. I wanna watch eke vute. Kose keombe. You came to just sit. Ukimaliza then you walk away. But in the church of God, it's different. Things are different. Each one of you has a part. Each one of you, you will be asked for that which was given to you. And by the way, if the gift is not used for God's glory, in the hand of Satan, it becomes a curse. It becomes a curse that which was meant to be a blessing. And so, because we have founded ourselves in the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we are clothed in the panoply of heaven, or we are clothed in the full armor of God, we can enter into the territory of Satan and reclaim those gifts which he has stolen. Can somebody say amen? That is to help you reclaim your gift back unto the Lord. You used to sing so well in first year. Right now you don't even sing. Yeah, you attend salsa dances. Do you have salsa here? Do you have salsa? How many know how to do it? Just put up your left hand. Yeah. We want you to do the gospel salsa. Not that one. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, you, you, you fill that document in the scale of one to five, and I've told you one, two more false, four, five more true, and number three, it is uh, divided between true and false. Number one, can you delegate important responsibility to others? Like I'm supposed to maybe speak today, and I get another uh, responsibility. Can I call for Elder Karani, I mean Katana, to do that? Uh, or you want to be seen as a busybody? You want to do everything? While others are just there watching? Do you know that such kind of behaviors have made people tired in church? Immediately they come in the morning, they're already tired. By the time someone is coming, people are in WhatsApp, Instagram, Twitter, at least where they are being entertained and they are getting likes. Mm. Or they have paid status because they are views. And no one views, they will put something else. They will start uploading. How do you call that one? M E M E. Please don't use your money to just share some other things. I, I saw some M E M E for SDS and the Sawyer. You know, some of the things which you guys do, and God will judge us. We use our gifts which God has given us in the wrong direction. Uh, you can have fun and pleasure. Apart from the world, uh, you can overcome evil with good. So if you can delegate important responsibility to others, if that is what you can do, kuna wengine wako so selfish because they want to be seen. Wantaka tu kuonekana. I mean, ama wako tu committed nile tu, awaoni mtu mwingine anezafanya kama wao. Unajua Elijah alikuanga hivo? Alienda akaomba, unajua kasema, I'm the only prophet. And they want to kill me. Mungu akamwambia Elijah, I have 7,000 more. You are not the only one. And so God is saying, Makumba, you are not the only one. He has 7,000 more in this meeting who are capable of doing this better than we are doing it. Can somebody say amen? So we have to be empowered. We have to be inspired in this ministry. 
So if that is what you can do and you're capable of doing, then you can feel number one as five. If you've been feeling to do it, you have a conviction of it, but you've never done it, perhaps you can give yourself number four. <laughs> number three, you're not even sure of what we are talking about. And if you have never heard that since you were baptized, God required you to enter into his work and use your gift for his glory, you can go to the one and two. Now, number two, I want to do five uh, questions, then I will leave the rest for you. I pray that by tomorrow, someone time, we'll be praying for people who have finished this. My elder, please, you will share that questionnaire in the church WhatsApp groups. They read it and... Please feel that faithfully, prayerfully, because you itakusa idea. Niliwambia jana, discipleship inatusa idea kujua your purpose. And your purpose is directly related to your gift. Kevin was telling some other colleagues here the other time that I was a terrible politician when I was in campus. Indeed, I was terrible. Uh, I saw Shadi around. Shadi told me he's a, a congressperson. Okay. Yeah, he's telling me yeah, what you said about Shedi is right. So Shedi, uh, this guy said you are a congressman. Is it true? I'm seeing sh I saw Shedi around. Yeah, I, I noticed. And God said, that is your way, but now I want you to do it my way. In this manner, so the rest is history. I won't say it here. Uh, let me ask you a very simple question before we pray. How many are understanding or what, getting what we are trying to share here? How many are following? Can I see by the show of hands? Yeah, even if there will be one, that is okay. It's not a much that everyone must understand what the teacher is saying. Even when there is one, uh, the teacher is really happy. <laughs> so, when we are building on the foundation of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, we need to be equipped, we need to be skilled, and this is very exciting. Yes, that you're going to find out your areas of strength within the realm of Christian service. Please do that with your, all your might. Do it faithfully. Serve the Lord. I'm telling you, discipleship brings peace and joy in service, especially when you have specialized in that which or in that area which God, according to his grace and the measure of the gift of Christ, has bestowed upon you and upon me. Amen? We need a church which is inspired, a church which is equipped, a church which is transformed. It's very, very important. Very important. I thank God for our leaders in the General Conference who designed this it has really helped so many people, myself included. Having understood it, I'm sharing it with you also. May it help you. May you find out that area. Before we finish officially this camp tomorrow, find that area. We shall have a special prayer tomorrow. Make small groups, my elder Katana. Now make small groups according to gifts. Very wonderful. You can, God will give you wisdom. A church with small groups is a church which is vibrant because there is fellowship, there is prayer, there is reading the Bible, and now we are empowered to go out uh, for ministry. Let me read number two. I'll 
finish, I have two, three around four minutes left. You can clearly uh, perceive the difference between truth and error. Wewe si ulu unafuata tu doctrines. Ukisikia mtu alisema kwamba Yesu alikuwa amevikwa nguo ya zambarau ni ni zambarau ama ni zambarau nisaidie waswahili siji kiswahili Is it zambarau okay whichever na Yesu alikuwa amevikwa nguo nyekundu which is which now Yesu wako ni nani alafu unakuwa unakuwa stuck ah tell that person that one is not important the clothes does not solve the problem of sin it is that which god has accomplished at calvary in jesus which cures your problem and my problem. You know, in preaching, my pastor sees, I'm told, it is where one beggar tells another beggar where the bread is. <laughs> in preaching, beggars, I'm a beggar. I'm pointing to other beggars where the bread of life is. So this beggar has to be equipped. My brother, this will humble you down, and you will do exceedingly abundantly where the Lord has placed you. So can you perceive the difference between truth and error? Ama ukitumiwa kateksti tu, mtu anakwambia, by the way, some of the relationships, you will know when someone is lying. You will know your gift. You are able to discern when wakati mtu anakudangani. Anakwambia, by the way, the whole night, I did not even sleep. I wish you could ask the roommate uh, who was snoring the most. Yeah, when you are able to discern, you also become uh, careful in picking some details. Uh, I'm not saying that this will help you in that direction, but I'm saying there are people with false doctrines. Now, what you will discover, it's not the gospel. The gift is not the gospel. The gospel is different. We are only building on the foundation which Christ has laid. Leading others to a decision, that is number three. So if you are that person who can clearly perceive the difference between truth and error, you can do number five. If you've never heard about this, be very honest. You can give yourself number one. Number one is the least, number five is the highest. Number three, leading others to a decision for salvation through faith in Christ. When you live to Ukienda tu hata mahali watu wanachoma mahindi kidogo tu hivi umeanza discussion and you have started preaching there. You know, in 10 minutes time, mahindi hata inaezongua wakisikiliza injiri ya yes, You don't know how Jesus draws people to himself when he's lifted up. You are this person who has a zeal for evangelism. No matter what happens, wo umetengeneza hata Zoom platform. You have WhatsApp groups where you are praying for people. When you look at Tembelea, what do you pray for them? You share the word of God. So today I'm telling you, if you are convicted and you have experienced that in your life and you believe that you have the ability for that, that is a direct proportion of that mansion here on earth where Jesus has prepared for you. You know how to encourage those who are Wavering, troubled, or discouraged. Number four. I'll finish at number five. You encourage the wavering. Mutu alikuwa nakuja kanisani, akaacha. Yes. Someone has been into five relationships. Now the sixth one, it is not even a relationship. It's a hell of time. Unaendo na muambia, by the way, unajimaliza tu. Ebutu liya kidogo. You pray for that person. 
unamleta kwa Bible study, unampeleka lunch. Na usiku ukimpeleka alafu tena unataka tena kuanza yako. You know some good people. Eh. Some Christians are very cunning. Eh. Ili kufanyikia ndani yako unasema akisini ile opportunity nimekuwa nikitafuta. The gift it's not for self service, it's for God service. Can somebody say amen? It's only in hotels where we have self service. Um, but not here. Uh, by the way, when you read the Ten Commandments, you will notice Akuna Mari Mungu alisema that you shall love yourself. There is no self in the Ten Commandments for those who read it. It is God and the fellow men. He will position you in between when you have aligned yourself with his will. It is his work to equip you when you have that realization. Number five, lastly, believing God will keep his promises in spite of circumstantial evidence. Najua maybe tarehe 20 mwezi ujao ndio itakuwa deadline ya kulipa karo. Mpaka tarehe 19 wewe hujalipa but you are a very happy person. And by the way do not confuse faith and presumption. You have not made any effort to clear your school fees and eh, yeah don't confuse that. Yeah, so if you're that kind of person that no matter what happens, you will still believe that God will fulfill that which he started. You have a gift of faith and God wants that gift in the church. You will help someone, you will bless someone and God will be glorified. I pray that God will help you and you will find out that which is your gift this afternoon in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening and may God bless you. Can you stand for a word of prayer? Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for in that in Christ his grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of his gifts to equip us for ministry and for the building of the body of Christ. Lord, we pray that is one young man and young lady in the congregation who has not been having this realization for the edification of your church and abode of believers. We pray for the Holy Spirit whom you promised us. But when he comes, we shall receive power. Through this study, Lord, may they realize and discover that which is your gift for each and every one of them. And Lord, may this be used for the glory of your name. As we transit to the next session, we thank you for being with us and guide us now. And thank you for uh, answering this prayer. For we humbly ask in Jesus' name. Amen.